We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So one of my favorite things to do when I'm bored is head on over to my bookie. You know my bookie. They're our sponsor here on the show. And check out some of these crazy prop bets they have going on. So uh, obviously on my book, you can bet on any sports stuff you want. We got March Madness coming up. Uh, NBA is in full swing. Uh, MLB just around the corner. Uh, but on top of that, you got some other very fun stuff on here. So obviously religion. You can bet on the next Pope. Not a big expert in that field, but I did look at that the other day. I was clicking around the second ago, and uh, entertainment caught my eye. Some really interesting stuff here, guys. So if you like Game of Thrones, obviously the final season's coming up soon. We got Game of Thrones death matchups. Who will die first? So you got Arya Stark versus Sansa Stark. Arya Stark's uh, uh, the favorite there. Minus 190, Sansa, plus 135. Euron Greyjoy versus Theon Greyjoy. Uh, Euron is the favorite. Varys versus Bronn. Uh, Varys is the favorite there. The Mountain versus the Hound. Uh, the Mountain is a is a big favorite because he's kind of already dead, right? Spoilers. Uh, Melisandre versus Davos Seaworth. Jamie Lannister versus Tyrion Lannister. Jon Snow versus Bran Stark. Cersei versus Daenerys, Tormund versus Brienne, Brienne, excuse me, and Gilly versus Hot Pie. So that's some fun stuff on there. Uh, you got real life death matchups. Let's see, little Regis Philbin versus Bob Barker. Uh, here's kind of a kind of a dark one here. Who will die first? This is this is dark, my bookie. You got Jerry Lee Lewis, Woody Allen, Bill Cosby, Roman Polanski, Jerry Sandusky, Harvey Weinstein, and Subway Jared. Uh, yeah, that's that one's is uh, a little bleak. Uh, but like I'm saying, there's all kinds of stuff on here that's interesting. It's not just sports. Me personally, I love to get on and look at the uh, the esports lines. Overwatch League Season 2 is going on right now. It's been great so far. Uh, Vancouver Titans, New York Excelsior dominated the league. Uh, but they get they get lines on those matchups. They got all kinds of other esports. Obviously, I already mentioned the mainstream sports you got on here. Um, you also got MMA, NHL. There's golf on here. I know we got, we got a lot of golf fans on the show boxing tennis soccer you name it uh it's here on my bookie so check it out head over to my bookie start a new account use our code shark 25 uh and you're going to get 25 dollars of bonus cash when you sign up if you put in over 100 dollars in your first deposit you're going to get a uh, deposit match on that uh, and i really i can't encourage you guys enough it's a fun site i already told you some of the fun stuff you can do on there uh, and it's a great way to bet online uh with my bookie it's simple um you bet you win you get paid it's that easy use our code shark 25 all right guys we got another sponsor for you on the show i've been talking about it for a few weeks now i'm talking about our friends at ticks blitz the official ticket provider of the armchair media network unlike other ticketing providers that sneak in extra fees and 
unexplained service charges at tick splits, the price you see is the price you pay. Unnecessary fees shouldn't prevent you from seeing the sporting event, concert, or Broadway show of your choosing. So head on over to TickSplits.com, enter promo code ARMCHAIR. That's the important part at checkout. Receive 5% off. So that's TickSplits, T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com, promo code ARMCHAIR, A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R, TickSplits, guaranteed seats, guaranteed emotions. All right, guys, let's get on to the show. Welcome to Land Tracks After Dark, your weekly dispatch from the dystopian reality that is Ole Miss Athletics. I'm your host, Justin Sanders. Joining me tonight on the program, my longtime co-host, John Stefanczyk, calling in. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Uh, we're good. It's been a long week. Yeah, it's a Thursday. Thursday episode. Yeah, we're most of the way through beard number one. We might have to pour another beard. <laughs> might have to. Yeah, it's a little late as well. It's uh, 7.50 my time, so it's got to be 8.50 your time. It's, it's we're almost there. It's almost Friday. Good to go. Um, we, we, we could bounce around all over the place. So Phil Longo got shit on by The Athletic. Uh, we oh, have yeah, right, right. Benchins mm-hmm. for both coaches, I see. Good for them. Um, baseball has its best day Wait, of who's the year. Who's the other coach? Both coaches, what do you say? Coach Yo, the women's Oh, coach. right, right. Yeah, she had a pretty good first season considering, like, her whole team left. Yeah. She had expectations, so good for her. Mm-hmm. Um, softball won the series against Florida. Baseball appears to get their head out of their ass, backdooring a series in Fayetteville against a top-ten team, and mm-hmm. then they stick it back up their ass, losing to North Alabama on so the they, they had the, the, the best loss – or the best win – of the season so far came on Saturday and they had a better win on Sunday and then they turned around on Tuesday, 11 a.m. school game and followed up with the worst loss in school history. So, uh, pretty cool, pretty cool no, there. Let's, let's jump. So, worse, which loss was worse? Or which no, is RPI-wise, this is apparently the worst loss Ole Miss has ever suffered. Yeah, but losing to North Alabama on mm-hmm. Tuesday mm-hmm. or – Tennessee Tech running you out of your building two games well, in a row. T- Tennessee Tech is worse, but from a, from like um on paper when it comes to the RPI, PIY is the worst loss. It's the worst loss Bianco has ever suffered, and not, it's not not most not most heartbreaking. The, the worst uh, for your resume, they dropped from I think thirtieth to forty one in the RPI just on that one game. Like that's that's pretty brutal. Um, let's see, they are. This is this can't be. They're, they're, yeah. they're barely April. Look, we'll talk about RPI later. I mean, still, no, uh, no, John, no, no, no. I mean, talk about RPI later, but still, that one loss could be the difference in hosting and not hosting. Like that's you can't lose that game. It's 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 huge. It's insane to to drop that game. Completely shit effort. It was like ten six final. Uh, Bianco was toying around with. Uh, the lineup starting, you know, Fitzsimmons at first and shit. I'm so tired of people talking about wanting to give Fitzsimmons more bats, but at bats because he, you know, had like some good pinch hits last year. Like, just stop. Like, play Kevin Graham at first, play Zabowski at DH. It was actually working in Fayetteville. No, instead, we just completely squandered any momentum we had. 
Uh, yeah, it was a brutal loss, but but yeah, still big big series of win in Arkansas. Really don't know what to make. The team is so how, how, who the hell cares what your lineup is? You scored six bipolar. runs. How do you give up ten runs to North Alabama? All the pitching was bad. I think Chaffee started, and then uh, let's see, Houston Roth I think had a bad outing. We put Zach Phillips in, of course. I don't even. I was watching half heartedly at work. My coworker had it on. His monitor, I would look over every now and then, but it was just, uh, I don't know. But no, what I'm saying about the lineup is Kevin Graham is one of the hottest players on the team. He's a freshman doing great. Uh, he rides the bench. He comes in in the ninth and hits a two-run home run and a pinch hit. Like, why? I, I just, I don't know. Yeah, I I think you can experiment with your lineup in the midweek, and hindsight's twenty twenty. but I think we got too cute with it. Uh, there was they had Cockrell out in the field. Uh, Dillard was playing catcher. It was just, I mean, I think they might have had Cockrell and Elko in left and right field, um, and, and it, was, it was too much. They they scored four runs, basically, until that pinch hit. They got them to six, but yeah, they gave up ten. Um, yeah, I honestly, like, I, I don't even know what to say about this game because it's just baseball and these things happen. Uh, but at the same time, obviously, they don't happen that often if it's the worst loss in school history. Uh, there's got to be something pretty uh, unlikely about this. Let's see, North Alabama is... 277 on the live RPI on Warren Nolan. So significantly up from before they beat Ole Miss. They're 6-22, and 22, John. Uh, their strength of schedule is uh, is also 277th. No, 232? I can't tell. It's it's not good. It's not a good team, John. They're 6-22, and 22 and they beat Ole Miss in Oxford. I don't know what to say. Well, I mean, what do, what do you even say about that? I don't know. Well, I'm in all seriousness, I'm done beating them up. Shit happens. This is pretty unacceptable, but but they you know, they just beat Arkansas go, twice go in Fayetteville. Two out of three against Florida, yeah. and sit there at what would they be? Uh, what are they right now? Five and four. So yeah, five and four. Five in the league. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fine. And Florida's not great either. They just swept Bama, but before that, they got swept by Vandy and lost two out of three to State. Um, What's so Florida right now? What are they ranked? That I don't know. Uh, probably someone that's top twenty-five because they're forty. I can tell you because I got Warren Nolan open. They're thirtieth uh, in the RPI. Oh, so, RPI. so they should win. The, and they should thirty-fifth. Yeah, it's a home series. You need to you need to win this if you're Ole Miss. Get your head straight. You need to yeah. You need to go come back and win this. Yeah, and I mean, hopefully that game won't be the difference in something important like hosting or not hosting or anything like that. Or God forbid in the tournament out of the tournament, but I mean, damn, that's a tough loss. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a turning point. That's also what I thought about winning two games in Arkansas. Maybe that's a turning point. Well, so far, small sample size hasn't, hasn't really worked out. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's a, it's a frustrating baseball team because they have a lot of players that I like. Uh, I, I like many people, although not nearly as much as some people like our guest last week, Weston Dean, uh, I'm starting to, to kind of sour on Bianco. Just a little tired of it. Um, it seems like they're watching the same movie over and over. Uh, yeah. I mean, Go ahead. At the, the, at the end of the day, what happens in the postseason is what That's all that matters. Watch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I told my friend the other day, it seems to me like Bianco exists in like this middle ground between like a hard ass coach, like a, like a Dave Van Horn, uh, or like a Maneri or somebody that just yells at players as a complete dick and like a super happy-go-lucky like players coach, like maybe like a Cliff Goblin type. Uh, and he kind of doesn't have any – like he, he has qualities of both. And what you get is like just kind of a, a lukewarm in-between, doesn't really accomplish anything that 
he could really, if he was truly one of the two archetypes, you would expect it to be a, a better result. I feel like, like either more discipline or a, a looser team that can kind of not worry so much about the pressure and go out there and swing freely, which is what they did against Arkansas. But I gotta say, John, I I don't want to give them too much credit. They won the series at Arkansas, but you know they left 16 men on base on Sunday. Arkansas had like 12 walks or something. Like it was insane. Like yeah, that's baseball too, but still. Um, it's not like Ole Miss did anything in that game other than taking pitches that makes me think they've really turned a corner necessarily, but hell, it's, I mean, it's hard to win in Fayetteville. Somehow they got Arkansas to throw all those walks, I guess. I, I don't know. I think that's a valid well, point, though. They were competitive all three and one, two. Yeah. I would say, at the end of the day, this team has shown two things. Their best is very good. But they are all over the damn place. Yeah, they're they're way up and down from, you know, getting swept by Louisville and losing to East Carolina to losing a game to Wright State, losing a game at Tulane, um, lost to Alabama. But still, a lot a lot of teams have lost to Alabama, losing the series at Missouri, obviously. But I don't know if you saw. I mean, uh, Missouri went to College Station, and A and M is what tenth right now in this RPI. I'm looking at. Uh, they split two games and they tied the third game. So Missouri. Uh, well, you tie because you're Missouri baseball and you're flying commercial and you have to like leave the park at 6 p.m. Oh, did whatever. they have a uh, yeah. the they, had a, they had a travel curfew, uh, so they had to leave before the game was decided. So, um, yeah, but still, I mean, uh, that makes losing at Columbia for Ole Miss look a little bit better, just like, you know, um, Alabama winning a game from, uh, from Arkansas maybe made you feel a little bit better about taking two from three of them, but, uh, I don't know. The SEC in general is kind of up and down this year. State was looking like, you know, one of the best two or three teams uh, along with Vanderbilt. And then they lost a series to LSU. Auburn's at fourth in the RPI. They're six and three in the league. Um, I, I think Vanderbilt's really good. I think everybody else, and I think Georgia also is very good. They're seven and two right now. Uh, but it's, it's early to tell, I feel like, who the really dominant teams are. State very well could be one of them. They haven't lost many games. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I, I think they have some problems like in the field. Um, I'm not sure they really have a, uh, like a lot of pitching depth. Um, yeah. And let's see, we're going to, we get Florida this weekend. Um, after that, I think we get Kentucky who's doing really bad. Let me see where they are in this RPI. They're uh, 59th, one and eight in the sec. So, you know, if you can win two from three out of Florida, uh, and then potentially sweep Kentucky, uh, that would be really good for your, for your conference record. Um, I'm trying to check where the midweeks are. We're going to have to play Southern sometime here soon. That'll probably be a pretty tough game. Um, and then obviously later in April, you'll play, uh, Mississippi state in the governor's cup. Um, let's see. Okay. At Southern miss is, uh, okay. Southern miss at home is this Tuesday, right? So, uh, you get Florida this weekend. Numbers they're they're number sixteen according to Ole Miss's schedule here, John, in the in the rankings. Uh, and then Southern on Tuesday and oh, it's in Peril. Sorry, not in Oxford. Um, so that's a very losable game again, especially coming off of a ten six loss to Northern Alabama. You could definitely lose to Southern, but you don't really have much room for error left in the non conference after you know losing the three games to the good teams you played. Like I said, dropping one to Wright State, dropping one to Tulane. Um, you, you don't want to rack up this many non-conference losses necessarily. So I don't know. That, that'll be an interesting game for sure. Uh, and then, like I said, Kentucky and Oxford and then Memphis and Oxford. Uh, they did win at Memphis earlier in the season a couple weeks ago. So maybe that's a winnable game this season. 
Uh, and then you go to Auburn, and then you get Mississippi State at home, and uh, Texas A&M at home. So they're they're kind of in the middle of a big homestand here, John. They got Florida at home, Kentucky at home, at Auburn, State at home, A&M at home. Uh, so, you know, this is the part of the schedule where – The 5-4 with three out of four series in April in their building. So They need to, they need to hold serve at home for sure. Just see what they do. I mean, the thing is, though, if you, I mean, starting pitching-wise – you think, I mean, it's been up and down, but, I mean, if Etheridge, Nikhazy, and then Hogwood continues to improve, by the time regional rolls around, you said they went out there and just kind of and took care of business. It's believable, but obviously the team's going to be tight as hell. We know that. I don't know. Maybe they flop around 15-15 and 15 and get hot in a regional. Maybe so. No, I agree. The starting pitching, that's, that's what's kind of annoying about, uh, about Bianco this season is – on paper, you have a great offense, and, and and not even just projections. Like, look at the the offensive numbers. Let's let's go to the stats, John. Yeah, you know, we love love to go to the stats on this show. Uh, you're you're getting a, a lot of production out of different guys in your lineup. Um, your starting pitching is, is good, in my opinion. You have some arms out of the bullpen, like you're not completely bare there, uh, and yet still they seem to be losing for their for a lack of clutch hitting some defensive mistakes, uh, and, and honestly, some, some coaching decisions. I mean, at Missouri, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I want to criticize playing Zach Phillips ever, but I think that's probably short-sighted as well. People say, you know, he has, he has to be ready. To, you're going to need him in the regional or whatever. You need him to come around. Obviously, they saw something in this guy. He was supposed to be the Saturday starter, but he's just been really bad almost every game he's played in this season. And, and as, as early as against Missouri – they were still using him in kind of high-pressure relief situations, just completely blew up on him. Um, but decisions like that, it's kind of annoying. But um, to, to speak to their production still, you got Olenek at 376. Um, let's see, he has 44 hits, 20 RBIs. Dillard's at 330 with 33 RBIs and nine home runs. Zabowski's at 313 with 26 RBI. Or, that can't be right. No, no sorry, Zabowski. Yeah, where's, uh, where's um, what's-his-face? Keenan, here's here's Keenan. Keenan has 44 RBIs and eight home runs, batting 309. Um, so you got you got four guys over 300. Cooper Johnson's at 291. Um, you should be able to have like a pretty consistent lineup, you would think, with those numbers, right? And yet, still, it seems like they're up and down. Kessinger's gotten up to uh, 282, so good for him. He's kind of pulled himself out of a out of a slump there. Um, and yet, still, it seems like they have games where they they just kind of. I uh, can't be counted on to consistently produce. Um, I don't know. I like Kevin Graham a lot, though. 267. He's got a 1.025 OPS right now. Uh, let's see. He has 13 RBIs and four home runs and uh, limited appearances. I like that. That's, that's, a, that's a good freshman right there. I'm really – my sense is this team – it almost are they hosting whatever happens. Uh-huh. I'm just I think they line up in a regional and they got a real shot at doing stuff. Well, if they play their best game, I agree with you. But it's just, I just don't know if they're going to do it. We'll see. I mean, you, you you could go zero and two. You could you could get hot. I mm. mean, who knows? Yeah, it's absolutely. Like the ultimate crapshoot team. Oh, here, here's what's killing you is Cockrell and Elko, Cockrell 217, Elko 200, um, guys that I think were expected to, at least one of them, play every day in, in that right field role probably. So they've been trying, they got to figure something else out there. Um, 
you know, it would be nice if, if Graham could play out there maybe and leave Zabowski at first, but lately, at least in the last two games against Arkansas, uh, they've been DHing Zabowski because I think he was having, I guess it seemed like maybe people were saying his defense was affecting his, his hitting a little bit. So Graham's been pretty good defensively at first base, and Zabowski's been on a tear since he uh, was switched over to DH. So that seems like a coaching move that worked out. Um, but again, then you have to figure out, are you going to play Cockrell in right field? Or are you going to put Servideo in right field and play Adams at second? Um, that's kind of been the shuffle that's going on. Uh, Servideo in a, in a slump right now, all the, way, all the way down to 241 after looking pretty good to start the season. Um, I think you're going to see him a lot more in the nine hole than the one hole, uh, at least for, for now, moving forward a little bit. Um, let's see if we can get some pitcher stats up here. Oh, Tyler Myers was kind of the hero of, uh, I think that was game three, right? He hadn't, he, he had a, he had a little, uh, blow up early in the season and kind of got his ERA elevated, but he's got a one whip. Um, he's, uh, let's see, what's his batting average against? Yeah. 233 average against, he has three walks to 18 strikeouts. He's become a, uh, kind of your, your third really good reliever along with Austin Miller and Connor Green. Um, speaking of the starters, Etheridge still has that uh, 178 ERA. Uh, Nikhazy has a 323. Hoekland has a 432. Um, but uh, they're good. They're good numbers. I mean, they, I think the pitching is, is starting to get figured out. Um, Crazy has looked pretty good lately in his, in his um, closes. He still has a 5 ERA. But again, a lot of that was from early in the season. Um, let me see Crazy's strikeout to walks. Uh, Caracy has 15 strikeouts to six walks. That's pretty good. Um, what's Etheridge? Etheridge at 26 to 12. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, John. I agree. It's, it's too early to, to really make a judgment, but I think my ultimate judgment right now is just very unpredictable. Very, um, you don't really know what team's going to run out there. Cause apparently they can be a team that beats Arkansas and then turns around and, uh, Loses in North Alabama is what we're learning. Honestly, it feels like a team that's got the pieces. They just need to get put them together, and yeah. they're uh, up and it's up and down, but they're generally progressing that way. I agree with that. Just hope that they don't get another another bad funk. Um, you know, you saw the uh, the the good, the really big bats that were kind of come alive in the last game against Arkansas, but they were kind of struggling in the first two games. It wasn't so much um, Dillard and Olenek and uh keenan making it happen and you know for all the maligning of of greg kessinger he uh he won that game too with a with a huge two out double uh in the i guess it was the top of the ninth it was very late in that game um so yeah i mean if gray can can keep improving at at the plate and again cut back on any you know defensive mistakes hopefully he's gotten all those out of his system Mm -hmm. um yeah that's that's another that's another big strength in your lineup um I agree. I agree. There's pieces. I agree. I just, I think a lot of Ole Miss fans are very frustrated after that, uh, North Alabama loss, especially coming on the heels of, you know, a huge series win, uh, in Fayetteville. But Hey, like you said earlier, I mean, turn around and beat two out of three over Florida and uh, you're, you're back on track, I guess, especially if you can come out and beat Southern, that would be an RPI boost as well. If you can win three of the next four, um, going into hosting Kentucky at home, which should be a, a definite win of a series, um. Yeah, you're in pretty good shape. Let's see if they won the next two series. That would put them at uh what nine and six in the league. That's that's very good. Um, and then after that they get uh is that when they get Mississippi State? I forget. 
it's coming up at some point. No, there's somebody else before that, I think. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's they're they're not out of it yet. I, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens against Florida and then sort of these next four games. I think are going to be a a good midseason barometer for sure. Hopefully, yeah. the shame of that North Alabama loss will will stick with them and help them out. Bianco didn't really apparently say much to him after the game. Very short little meeting in right field. Reverie, you know, I guess he just tried the whole. Um, silent parent ashamed approach. There you go. Yeah. All right. I think it's enough baseball. More than enough. Ificating. What do we want to talk about? Kermit or we want to make fun of Longo? You can make fun of Longo. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk about Kermit's new contract, but go, go off on Longo. This is, uh, this was in an article about, about, uh, DK. Is that right? Uh, Oh, Dawson Knox. Oh, Dawson Knox. That's right. Correct. Correct. Yeah, go off and just basically saying that he was misused. Basically said Longo's scheme sucked. Yeah, but as old Miss fans, I think we also know that the the myth of Dawson Knox, the the white savior, is a little a little mad as well. I don't know if he's really that great, but I, obviously his scheme did suck. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end, I mean, I'll, I mean, everyone. Wants to pile on the Longo thing. Go he's ahead. He's gone now, so it's easy. You know, he's he got hired by Mac Brown, which is hilarious. There's, um, watching this roster transition from Longo to Rich Rod is going to be interesting. We haven't yeah. really talked about. That. It is. What's that? What the hell is that going to look like? I don't. Apparently know. Apparently, they're going to be running a lot, like kind of a a run first power offensive spread. Just throw a bunch of terms in. I don't know. I'm excited to see Corral running like a run first offense. He's got wheels. I mean. I'm a little worried because the depth at quarterback is like non-existent. Like I think Plumley, who's in high school right now, might be like the uh, the backup quarterback. But apparently he's like insanely athletic. So even if if uh, well, hopefully you know um, Corral's not going to get hurt. But even if he's healthy, I think we might see some Plumley packages. Apparently, just because I mean I was told last class he was like the most athletic, like pure athlete in the out of the Mississippi kids. So that'll be interesting to watch. He you has know, a two ways. He plays baseball as well. So. That'll be interesting. Um, obviously, the MLB draft is going to play a big part in, uh, in what that offense looks like. If Ely somehow doesn't end up in the major leagues and is at Ole Miss, that's, that's going to be a big boon to, to Rich Rod, at least what we've been told. I mean, Ely could always be a bust. He did play at private school, but supposed to be a really good running back. It's going to be interesting to see Rich Rod running with Corral. I mean, does that – I mean, it feels like either – I don't know. Either they're going to really surprise and kind of have a mm-hmm. and have something, or it's just going to be a complete mess. Yeah, either either it's not going to work at all, and then it probably still won't be necessarily that much worse than last year. Or they're going to be a team that everybody hates to play because it's like, oh, we got to go line up. It's like playing Georgia Tech or something. At least that's what I would like it to be like next year. Like it, you, you can't lose to these guys, but they're going to run all this option shit. They're going to make you, you know, stick to your uh, your keys every play or whatever. Or else they're gonna blow you up on the toss. I think it's gonna be cool. Lots of like uh, perimeter runs and stuff. Um, I think Tylen Knight's back in. You know, this probably fits his. The perimeter runs are probably good for him as the, the scat back or whatever. Um, let's see who's the. Uh, oh, oh, of course. Uh, uh, what's his face? Assuming is hopefully is healthy. Scotty Phillips um, mm-hmm. could could have a big year for sure. Um, yeah, and then you got some young receivers. It'd be interesting to see those guys. Uh, the Miles Battle and. Uh, Elijah Moore, and then last year the kid that redshirted that had the knee injury, but uh, was that four star that committed to freeze? I forget his name, but 
It'll be I think the offensive line is definitely the biggest question mark. Um, in addition, obviously to like a new scheme, but if you're, you, you would think if you're running like a, you know, maybe, maybe being able to run and take some pressure off them, they're not going to have to hold up a long time in pass coverage, but, um, still they're going to be called on to do a lot of different things. I would think if they're trying to be like a mobile run based defense, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I think the left side is very much a question mark of the, of the offensive line from what I've read in my very limited spring football reading. I think the Grove bowl might be, uh, might be this it's weekend. Two days from now, Saturday. Yeah. Um, so that it'll be interesting to see what they run out there. I, who's going to be – I wonder if they even do two full teams. I don't know who would be the second-team quarterback. I don't know. A walk-on. It's, it's going to be interesting when they go to Memphis to open the season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Memphis has that game circled. It, Memphis is, is supposed to win every game according to Vegas. Right? I'm pretty sure they're favored in all their games. So that right. That's at least when the lines first came out. Obviously, they could they could move right, but um, Memphis was reportedly favored in all twelve of their games. At least when some people put their first lines out. Um, yeah, so I guess watch the Grove Bowl. I don't know. I don't know if if you care about that stuff. Uh, go for it. Sure, tell me how it is. No, if I'm not doing anything, I'll try to check it out. But I feel like it's not it's not very high on my priority list to get up and watch a a Luke See, Grove Bowl. They would. What is that? SEC Network, where they cover the growth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure they broadcast all the spring games. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Speaking of Luke, we were talking about this earlier. Uh, I think he's now making roughly the same amount as Kermit Davis. Um, let's see. I got Kermit's new contract numbers from today pulled up. Definitely happy to see this. I, I, I want Kermit to get paid for sure next year. 2019 and 2020 is going to be making uh, 2.85 million. The year after that, he will be making 2.95 million. Uh, and then 2021 to 2022, it'll be 3.05 million. And then in the year four, 2022 to 2023, goes up to 3.15 million. You want to hear some of these um, incentives and let me and tell you, tell me what you think about them, John. Go ahead. So let's see annual incentives. Uh, $50,000 incentive if the average actual attendance is 8000 per game or 5500 season tickets sold. I feel like that shouldn't be too hard. Uh, 75000 if it's 9000 per game or 6500 season tickets sold. Uh, I expect a lot of season ticket sales next season. Um, he gets 100000 for finishing the top four, uh, including a tie in the SEC regular season. He gets 100000 for winning the SEC regular season, uh, champion or co-champion. You get fifty thousand for winning the SEC tournament, um, and you get twenty five thousand if you make it just to the championship game. Um, you get fifty thousand for making the NCAA tournament. Uh, you get twenty five thousand for each win in the tournament up to the Final Four. He he would make one hundred and twenty five thousand if he made the Final Four, or two hundred and fifty thousand if he won the whole thing. Uh, if he made the NIT Final Four, he would make an extra twenty five thousand. Uh, if you win the NIT, he wins fifty thousand. Um, SEC Coach of the Year awarded but by. The, did you like the fact that there's any United? No, I don't so. really. I think that's kind of dumb. I don't know why that's really in there. Whatever. Um, it's a little strange, but uh, fifty thousand for SEC Coach of the Year, uh, seventy-five thousand for Naismith Coach of the Year or NCAA Coach of the Year, uh, and then there's also APR, which is like players making good grades and stuff like that. It's like an algorithm. Fifty thousand for above nine fifty, seventy five thousand for above nine seventy five. Uh, I don't know what the APR is the basketball team, but I would be interested to watch it uh, under Kermit see if it changes or not. But overall, pretty good incentives. Um, let's see. I, I do wonder if he's going to get 
like a retroactive 50,000 for winning the coach of the year this year, if his original contract included any of that stuff in it. Um, but it just overall, I'm happy to see Kermit get paid. I, I don't, you know, don't, it's the one program that's really generated a lot of excitement right now among the fans. Uh, I, I don't think you want to, you want to play any games with that. Just, just pay the man Bjork. So good, good job on that one. Another, another good Bjork move there. Hey, we're seeing common sense get executed, which, which is a, a new, a new concept for us. I know we, we can't take that. We never assume with Ole Miss. Absolutely right. I mean Kermit. I mean, at the end of the basketball program, they've got a they've got a great building to watch a game. Uh-huh. They can just be competitive. Hey, it's it should be popular. I believe I believe they can after after being competitive this first year with a team picked last in the SEC. Players he didn't recruit. Uh, I mean, that's that's to me is a very encouraging sign. Um, got a little bit of obviously there's a lot uh, of recruiting to be done here for the upcoming season, but. For the season after that, they did get a big time commit in the class of 2020, like a a six ten forward named Sean Robinson. Uh, if you haven't seen his commitment video, definitely check it out. He makes some sick plays, dunking on people. He's just a big. I mean, some people have said maybe the best player that Ole Miss has ever signed. Uh, assuming that he does make it to campus, um, it's gonna be really sick to watch Cameron with some some talented big men like that. Uh, and then there's some guys already signed for next year, and then they're waiting on some more guys like um, Kadeem Sai, who I think you might have mentioned on the show before, junior college player, big man being recruited by a lot of programs. Uh, that's going to be – somebody from Oxford is calling me. All right, no, thank you. Probably a robocall. Um, that's going to be um, a huge recruitment to watch. I, I forget we're always visiting, but I want to say like A&M, maybe LSU – uh, some other big programs. Uh, but if Ole Miss is able to get him, that's immediate. He's an immediate starter for next year um, down low. Uh, and then um, maybe I think they're in on a uh, grad transfer big man as well. And then I, I heard uh, a grad transfer guard that shoots like 40% from three or something. So I, they're definitely not trying to have any semblance of a rebuild next year with losing Terrence Davis and uh, and Bruce Stevens. And we know now Dominic Olenicek is – not returning to the program, gonna um, either grad transfer or maybe go back to Poland or something. So they have some slots. Uh, I think also maybe Naylor and, and Hollums, I'm not sure, might have also said they're gonna transfer. Um, so I think they definitely want to try to fill those with people that contribute right away. Uh, also, they lost um, uh, the backup point guard, who was the former walk on, um, DJ Davis. Is that his name? What's his, I'm forgetting what his name is. Uh, yeah. But, DC Davis, DC Davis, excuse me, uh, who who you know wasn't spectacular, but he did eat up some minutes and, and provided some rest for Schuler. So they're going to need to find backup point guard, uh, some big men, um, and then you know hopefully you know Buffin and, and Henson come along in the off season. Obviously, you hope that Schuler and, and Tyree continue to uh, just get better before next year. And I think they could, I think they can make it back again, especially if they get Kadeem Sai. Um, I, I think they could definitely make it back in the tournament. Um, and then after that, Sean Robinson comes in. Um, who knows? Who knows how good they can be? So, definitely generating the most optimism right now uh, around around the Ole Miss fan base. I would say so. Good for Kermit. Get paid. Um, he's proved the haters wrong so far. So hopefully, continue that trend. Yep, he's definitely won everybody over. And I yeah. think you know, doing keep doing what he's doing. Uh, so good. Go ahead. I was gonna say, what'd you uh, what'd you think about Tom Brady's April Fools? 
I, I missed it completely. What did he do? He started a Twitter and said, I'm quitting football to become a full-time tweeter. That's, that was the joke. I'm surprised. That's, pretty, that's brutally stupid. Surprised he didn't he, make waves up there. Yeah, he's quitting to uh, to grow TB12, I would. Yeah, that would have been actually too good of a prank. Yeah, he made it kind of obvious that uh, it, it was just a joke, I guess. Did yeah. you see, did you, there, were, I don't, there weren't really any good April Fool's. That I that I saw this year. Frankly, it was probably the most uneventful April Fools I've ever experienced in my life because I can't really think of any. I feel like it. Yeah, I didn't see anything good. Yeah, you know, every brand now tries to do something. Um, like uh, there was, well, maybe like Alfredo flavored pop tarts or something. I'm not even sure. Uh, who knows? That, that stuff is just obvious and stupid. Uh, there weren't there weren't any actually good pranks. Um. Well, what else is going on, John? Oh, the AF, the the AFFA or whatever. No more, no more Memphis Express. Photo Johnny Menzel. Did he ever even play a game in Memphis? Actually, he played this weekend. It's funny. I guess Johnny Johnny football he killed, killed the league. Yeah. yeah. Ouch. Um. So R.I.P. That not even a full season accomplished by the uh, AAF. I, I heard a little bit about it. Something about um. The, taking on an investor that wasn't a good fit or something like the some guy from the Carolina team or something. Well, it's pretty obvious the people that set it up did a horrible job planning because they couldn't even get through a year without having to yeah. go try to. They didn't have much of a runway. I mean, that's pretty fucked up. So. <laughs> that's pretty bad. It's it's crazy because it was like on TV all the time. Like it was on network TV, uh, and I guess that just isn't where the money is anymore. Obviously, because that wasn't enough to keep it in business. Um, yeah. Something does not add up at all. Pretty weird, yeah. Is it, maybe it was like a, the whole thing was like a money laundering scheme or something. I have no idea, but very strange, uh, very strange, uh, short-lived sport, sports. I guess we'll have to wait for the thirty for thirty. Um, yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, that'll be good. Uh, what else? What else is happening in the world, John? What else, What am I missing? We got the final four. Oh yeah, yeah. This this discussed at Auburn. I mean, uh, Kermit Davis beat a Final Four team twice this year. I mean, let's be honest. Why can't Kermit Davis put a team together that's capable of doing what Auburn did? I don't think there's any reason he can, especially since he beat Auburn twice. I mean, he can he can obviously coach as well as Pearl, at least in those two and games. In between him and then Frank Martin made it a few years ago. Right. I'm not saying you expect your bank on it, but hey. No. Is this is this Auburn? Uh, did Auburn go to the Final Four like with uh, Charles Barkley? Is it this no, is, first time they've ever been? This is their first time. So I think they became the seventh or maybe the eighth SEC team to go. Um, maybe the sixth. It's there's not a ton. Like I think I think they're the the eighth. I think there were seven before. I think half the league had been before after South Carolina two years ago. Um, so congrats. I mean, yeah, there's no reason I don't think why uh, give Cameron a couple years. Maybe Ole Miss could be the ninth. You cash in on that uh that bonus. Yeah, he'll make his money. I like it. Uh, the rest of the Final Four, I don't think I got any of them right in my brackets. My bracket started out so well, uh, really faded down the stretch. Um, let's see, who else is who else is in? Did Virginia make it? Yeah, Virginia, Virginia. Michigan State, right? Michigan State and uh, Texas Tech. Texas Tech, right, of course. Yeah, uh, Reckham Raiders, awesome. Um, that's something. Let's uh let's see who who plays who? Uh Texas Tech plays Michigan. Auburn State? plays Virginia. Yeah, okay. Virginia the lone one seed to make it. Uh-huh. And you have uh Texas Tech, Michigan State. Hmm. That that should be good. Um kind of different. I think it's good. A little different, yeah. No, I saw uh this is a, a complete aside. 
but there's like a charity event that the the med school at Tech puts on, and I for some reason like I still like the page on Facebook. Angie's roommate from first year was like one of the planners, so I was just on my Facebook and I saw they had posted, uh, and I just know this is like a kind of like um like a girly type of like it's like a charity dinner and there's like a dance and stuff. It's definitely people that don't really care about sports. And so I just know they hated this, but they were like, uh, announcement, the Texas tech final four game will be played live on projectors during, uh, LCL at the event. Like, so don't worry. Like I I was just thinking they have to be the only people in Lubbock that were probably rooting against Texas tech in that last game. Cause like, Oh, now my freaking event, I have to show this basketball game at my charity event. Like this totally ruins it. It's pretty funny to me. Um, yes. yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, if you've ever been to Lubbock, Texas Tech is is everything to that town. So, I mean, even yeah. though it's not football, which is what they really love, they will 100% shut down for that Final Four game. So good for them. Um, what about MLB, John? You watched any MLB? I have had um, kind of MLB network on in the background at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like baseball started early this year, but it's kind of it's kind yeah. of good to have the days. I mean, this is kind of the time of year up here. The days are getting longer, and we're not really warm yet. But right, but but baseball's there. back. We're we're getting there. Yep, the um, Cubs are, fuck, are yeah. fucking around. To the start Cubs the are shuffling. Are they are they losing again tonight? I know that they haven't they're beat the Braves. Yet. Nothing right now. Oh my god. Yeah, the they're Sox, really shuffling. The Red Sox decided just to not even pitch in the first five, first time through the rotation. Okay, they're uh, two and six to start the season, but whatever. I mean, it's April. Maybe yeah, it's fine. Everybody's gonna figure it out. Um, I'm a big, I'm an Astros fan now. John, our uh, my apartment in Houston that we're gonna move it into in June is uh, 22 minutes by train from Minute Maid. Um, so that's that's gonna be pretty awesome. Excited, excited about go. that. It's not a bandwagon if you move 20 minutes from the stadium. Come on. Not that many people can say that. All right. Fair enough. It's not a bandwagon. Uh, but, yeah, no, I am happy that it's, like, a good team and not, like – But, see, it's cool because, like, if we were in Dallas, you can't, like, go the – the Rangers are in Arlington. You know, like, I, I like Astros because they actually play downtown. That's cool. Um, and then, obviously, yeah, it helps that they're good. Like, I don't, I don't mind bandwagoning a uh, – a team that's pretty good. Um, let's see what else is going on. Yeah, so the Cubs suck. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's too early to really have any that compelling MLB storylines. Um, yeah, well, the Rangers beat the Cubs. That's something. Good Rangers, huh? You're a Rangers fan. Yeah, they're whatever. I don't think they're expected to do shit. No, they're like shit. bottom five in the in the league. You At least that's what people thought. They had yeah. a pretty rough season last season, right? Yeah. Um, yep. see, yeah, I don't know what else is going on, John. I don't know what's going on in the NBA. I, I, I'm interested to see where Zion Williamson ends up. I hope Durant signs with the Knicks. I yeah. Yeah. I think that, there's a good chance that's going to happen. It sounds like that'd be great. Yep. I feel like he needs somebody else though. He needs another superstar there, but maybe he can get Anthony Davis too. Yep. That'd so be cool. That would be cool, and yeah, I know. I, I saw. I know. Um, LeBron is is sitting for the rest of the season, preserve his health. So that's yeah. that's good. Lakers are Lakers are in full tank mode. Maybe they'll get Zion. That would be an, an infusion there. Be pretty funny. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I don't know. We don't have to keep trying to figure well, out things I to talk about here. 
Enough for now. Pretty sparse, uh, you know. But yeah, I hadn't really thought about the Rich Rod offense at all until. Well, I guess we'll have to watch the Grove Bowl and see what see what it looks like. I mean, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something. I I think Luke did like just enough to not completely lose the fan base in the off season um, by hiring uh, Rich Rod and and uh, Mike. Wait, who's the defensive coordinator? Mike something. Mike McIntyre. McIntyre. I was going to say Montgomery. That's a pitcher for the Cubs. Yeah, Mike McIntyre. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's something. It's like a very small reason for people to say, well, maybe they could, you know, turn it around next year. Maybe they won't be that bad. So just do it just enough to keep the fans. Have you heard anything on season ticket sales? Someone involved. No, I, I haven't. I don't know who our source is going to be on that. I have no idea who can give us info on ticket sales, but – I'm interested, um, so kind of I keep my ear to the ground on that one, try to figure it out to see if it's higher, or lower, or the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would say probably roughly the same as last year, but I don't know. Um, I definitely I, I doubt it's higher. The, I would say the same to lower. Yeah, I think it would be lower before it was higher, if I had to guess. Um, also, no idea who the next chancellor is going to be. Again, the IHL seems to just kind of be like a a secretive you know group, what? like the Illuminati. I forgot they even had a search until you just mentioned it. Yeah, we, there's the, the IHL is such an undemocratic body. We have no idea what they're doing. They just tell us when they make a decision. No timeline, no nothing. No no idea who they're interviewing. Um, so whatever, at the mercy of those guys. Uh, yeah, so it's, that's something to keep an eye on. Whoever the next chancellor is, uh, we'll see. Um. I'd love to see a fundraising analysis. Yeah, doing that, we'd have some fun with. No, that. you know who you know who should be chancellor. It should be the guy from Dallas, the that got AK fired. That guy has the best track record out of. Uh, the guy has a proven track record. Yeah, Hunter so, Carpenter. I think that's his name. Reportedly, you know what people he, have said he can be. He can be the chancellor. Let that guy be chancellor. Hell yeah, oh, dude! I support I'm it. I'm in. Yeah, and that's, it's really funny because we all thought that guy was like a dick. Uh, for Al, helping Al stay K, and he was 100% right. That's all. Yeah, it worked out. It all worked out. High sets 2020. That's the that's the uh, the mantra of the show here. That's that's all we can do is just get on here and complain about things that no idea how it was going to turn out before, but, you know, in hindsight, we're always correct. Uh, all right, John, uh, that'll do it for tonight. Uh, obviously, if you like the show, you know all the different – things to do check out our website all that stuff i'll say it again like i said last week if you ever want to write anything for our website any articles about uh you know old miss or the sec or just anything really that tangentially or not even that tangentially relates to uh stuff we talk about here on the show you can you can hit me up uh we can probably publish you on there and again i'll say you won't get any money but you'll get a link that you can give to people that's pretty cool right it was good enough for austin miller so should be good enough for you um yeah uh again that's landsharksafterdark.com uh also if you like the show please do rate and review us on itunes and tell your friends uh that might be interested um spread it word of mouth uh we would appreciate that for sure um yeah all that stuff that's that's about it for now uh thanks john for coming on the show man um yeah for john i'm justin thanks to you guys for listening and we'll talk to you again next week bubbling the sugar baby
Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.